Hey there, I'm Logan Clements, one of your co-hosts with the Better Events Podcast. And in this week, we are talking about something that is so near and dear to my heart, tackling the do's and don'ts of the post-event wrap. This might be a post-event meeting, a post-event report you write. Mary and I really just get into the weeds on exactly what we do when it comes to wrapping up an event. And one of the big themes you'll hear about is how we think a lot of people focus on the planning and the lead up to the event, and then you're just tired by the end of it. And we're going to give you some of the tried and true things that we do. Uh, there's also some free downloads in there, so don't be sure to check the show notes. But before we get into the episode, we, we do want to encourage you to leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts on Spotify, on Apple, or share it with a friend. That just really helps us continue to grow this Better Events community. And we have loved learning from all of you so far and hope you will continue to love learning from us at future episodes. But without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow, and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started, and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. We are thrilled to have you with us this week. This is Mary Davidson, one of your co-hosts, and I am joined by fellow co-host Logan Clements, and we are coming to you from the same space. Woo! I just freaked Mary out because I was looking at her during her intro, and she couldn't handle it. And I said, I normally would look at you if we were in two different places, but right now we are recording together in the same exact room. It was weird, Logan. I... <laughs> Maybe if you're lucky, we'll see. I don't know. We'll put a clip in of of our uh, before we actually started recording. It was a it was a deal. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> There's definitely oh no, Mary. The bloopers oh, are definitely making it in here. This yeah. is gonna be a blooper episode. So um, please deal with us. We are in a new dynamic here next to each other. So we're gonna have some fun today. We are gonna talk all about post event wrap and the do's and don'ts surrounding that. Now, we've talked a lot about the event process throughout the podcast. We've talked a lot about pre-event, like submitting a, a great event proposal. We've talked about um, getting clients, and we've talked about some event deep dives. So it just makes sense that we talk about what happens when the event is over. And there's a, quite a bit um, of a process, I would say, that goes along with that. And so we are going to chat about that today. But before we dive in, Logan, anything you want to add about our topic today? Yeah, I think it is something that, like you mentioned, we've given you a lot of the tools already on the podcast that we use in our planning process. And I feel like you were saying it before we recorded, but it's great because we talked about how to write a great event proposal. And so we told you how to start. And I feel like everyone always in all parts of events, we always do so much front loading and planning on the front end. And then by the time the event's over, everyone's tired and they don't think about what to do afterward. And so this is something that I always... I frame this discussion as anything you're going to do and things we're going to talk about is like a gift to future you or future whoever takes your role next year if you're not someone who only does it, you know, one off. Um, and I think so many people discount that because they're tired after an event. And so they forget about the post-event process. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I'm very excited. You're going to have some tangible takeaways as we always try to do every episode here on the podcast. But this is personally like one of my passions. In addition to my run a show, my post-event, I call them my feedback reports are like my number two top tool. Yeah. So what does this mean though? Cause I'm thinking like we have as planners have a post event process that we try to kind of like instill and like make the client like follow in a way because, because we know that it's going to help them. And then it also helps our process as well. 
where is the line, you know, like when, when should a planner be involved in the client's post-event process? Because they kind of have their own sometimes, like, let's say ideal sure. scenario, they have their own post-event process. Should the planner be fully involved in their process? Or are we talking about more implementing your own today? Both. <laughs> Both. I think okay. to me, I, you should always have a post-event process and this is a post-event wrap and whatever that looks like, it can look different to you depending on your role and your industry. To me, you should always have something. And it is a practice that I started doing when I worked at a larger company and mm -hmm. we needed it as a company to have it. But then as I, it's a practice that I've taken, no matter if my client wants it or not, I have now an you internal force record. it on. A, oh, no, no. It's I internal. Often, <laughs> for some clients, I don't even offer it. It's kind of like an add on. Yeah. Or it's a it's for folks who hire me directly. I part that as part of what I offer. But for some of my roles where maybe I'm just one person at the event mm -hmm. and I'm not in charge, I'll do that note like do that wrap for myself internally. And then sometimes I offer it up to them. Oh, would you like these? But not everyone does it. Yeah. I think the main thing is people don't do this. Mm -hmm. The number of projects I've gotten brought in that, that the client or the organizer or the agency or anyone does not have, um, they just don't have this. It doesn't exist. And yeah. that's really frustrating when you're doing an event that repeats. Oh yeah. Especially like an annual event or something you're doing multiple times. It blows my mind that you do not have anything to look back on Mm -hmm. from the year before, because then you're kind of reinventing the wheel every time. So to answer your question, it's the, everyone should be doing it, but you as a listener, no matter your role, again, you could be a vendor, a planner, a host, you should, even if it's just notes about your specific piece of the puzzle in the event, you need to do that because again, framing it not as like it's work right now, but it's a gift to future you. Cause I promise you, you're not going to remember everything a year from now or six months from now. And there's nuances that you can use from your time right as the event ends that you would find super helpful after you. How about you, Mary? What do you think? Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's uh, it has been a process though. Sometimes like, like if you do all, you do the internal post event wrap and then like they don't want it or don't use utilize it. They being the client. Sometimes I'm like, Oh, but come on, this is like super helpful information. So, but yeah, it's, it's important. Like Logan said that you do no matter what, because also I have had a client email me like a year later and they're like, Oh, do you have like this thing? And I'm like, well, yeah, I do. And also so do you, because they sent it to you like stuff like that. But um, I'm thinking of the components of the post event wrap. So let's just dive into that so we can paint a picture of what's included in that. Yeah, um, it could be really in depth or it could be more high level. And Logan, yours is pretty in depth. So why don't we start with yours and I'll add in. Yeah, some thoughts. well, I guess kind of how I define, again, a do for a post event wrap. Step one, have one. Uh, and it can be as informal as just a phone call, a meeting uh, with yourself. If you were the sole person doing all the planning or anyone involved in the planning process and just letting them know, hey, this is a time where we're going to write. We're going to just, you know, take notes as a very informal way of saying, hey, what worked and what would we change differently? Um, I have a much more structured and I, we will put this in the show notes. It is one of my po most popular downloads. Um, so it's a free download um, and we'll link to it. But my post-event feedback report is essentially a big Word document. And I always treat it like a brain dump. And I have um, the different parts of the event in like different categories. Um, on my first column, my second column is what happened. And it really is a brain dump of just kind of constantly saying, oh, you know, this happened, then this happened. And you're just kind of getting it all on paper. And then I have a column for what we would do differently. And this is really helpful to bring those little nuggets that in the moment you're like, wow, it was really frustrating. We ran out of food. You know, you might not remember that next year, but putting it like, hey, I should increase my food order or something. Um, and so I'll either fill that out on that call with people or I've done surveys um, to my team just to ask them for five minutes of feedback of what worked, what they do differently. 
Um, but I always put it in that, in that having a format for me is really helpful. I like templates. They help me that I'm not reinventing the wheel and I just sit down and kind of do it as my most basic form of uh, post-event wrap. Yeah. Do you find that when you send the survey to the people that you've worked with, like the, or the people that you've employed for that event, do they usually take it? Um, I'd say probably 60% of the folks do. I always try to frame it as like, hey, can you take three minutes or mm -hmm. five minutes? And if you're going to do a survey, um, I think some people, when they probably saw this episode topic, maybe think we're talking also about like attendee feedback, which I think attendee feedback is also really important. And I have yeah. a feeling those metrics are probably, though even lower, you probably get like 10% of the people actually respond to a post-event survey. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely, do, I mean, if you have the time and the resources, make sure you survey your attendees. You can survey your sponsors or partners if that was a part of your event. But the big part I've seen is just really, if you're trying to grow and evolve and improve your planning process, be more efficient budget-wise or time-wise, making sure you do this post-event wrap with the people who were planning it is really helpful. Mm -hmm. um, and I've had pretty good success. Again, I don't give it, I don't give them 30 questions. I usually give mm -hmm. five yeah. and really emphasize that, you know, no, no details too small because it all helps future you remember, you know, what worked and what didn't. Yeah. When I think of um, my process, it feels similar. Like, obviously, like Logan's saying, you have that <clears throat> scheduled debrief meeting and it's great to have a debrief with the client and then a debrief more internally with who, like, like if you had a team talking just with the team. And I've also offered to clients, I'm like, we should have a debrief call. I'd love to be a part of it. But if you want to take the first 30 minutes to just like talk with your team and then I'll jump in, I'm more than happy to do that because I want you to feel like you have the space to talk and sometimes they lump it all into one meeting. And I don't know how efficient that is sometimes. I think that they might be more open sometimes if I wasn't there. So I think there's room for both. And then um, part of the post-event process, like the surveys we've talked about, you mentioned uh, sending the survey to attendees, which I think is great, but you're right. Surveys like just collecting data surveys are awesome because they're usually it's really skewed data and then you get a lot of people with strong opinions and so take surveys for what they are but they are still helpful because they capture some voices and so you can use that for future years but also surveying any of your partners or sponsors is what I like to do to make sure that they feel like their benefits were fulfilled that they got out of the event what they wanted to and stuff like that I think it's nice as part of a post-event feedback report to kind of tie that in um, and then also sending thank yous. I like having that as part of the wrap process because I think people forget about it just along with the whole post event, everything they forget about saying thank you because think about all the people that are involved in your event. Like you can thank the attendees, you can thank the sponsors, the partners, the vendors, um, and just anybody. People like to be thanked. Yeah. Volunteers. Volunteers. Think, yeah. Yeah. Again, I think the only main don't of this whole post-event wrap is to just forget to do it. And that's just, again, what I see time and time again. I'm also guilty of it. I've had projects that I've also forgotten to do my in my earlier planning days, like forgotten to do it. Or if I get super busy, it is really hard to remember to do that stuff. And so you can kind of tell from some of my reports where I really uh, either had a lot of feedback because something happened. Um, they're really in-depth. And you can tell the ones where either everything went well or I just didn't have the time where they're a little bit shorter. Um, and this is like my process, I feel like, is kind of thorough because some of my post-event reports are like one page. And others I have, because like I said, it's a brain dump. It could be like 19 pages. I've been a part just... of a long one of your post-event yeah. wraps. That was quite long. Yeah. <laughs> but I tell you, it feels long. It feels like a novel. But 
the way. So for me, again, like I say, it's a gift to future you, but you're creating a tool that either you get to utilize if you're repeating the event, or again, it's a value add to your client. And I've same thing. I've had clients who are like, that's so helpful. We were reading through your report. Um, And I will confess there's certain things that I probably put in my personal report that I wouldn't, I'm not going to include in the one that I'm sending to the client because some of it is feedback that I'm giving myself on like my personal process or my team or how I would personally change things. So don't think you have to share the exact one. Um, Mm -hmm. But it is really helpful just to have that record of what happened in a semi-concise way versus I've had clients send me like, here's last year's folder of all the documents. And you can sure you can glean some insights from it. But having one document you can go through Mm -hmm. and just kind of speed read of like, oh, yeah, okay, like, you know, that was really helpful or, oh, I forgot that we needed that. Or um, I mean, again, any like examples would just be, uh, you know, budget things like things you ended up spending money on. You didn't think you were going to. Uh, maybe staffing needs, you understaffed or overstaffed. Or for me, just even reminders, I was like, oh, I didn't think I'd have to tell my MC that. And I realized, oh, we're using the same MC again. This is helpful. I now know, you know, these are the things I need to do differently than last year. And like, maybe you have a memory like an elephant and you think you'll remember all these, but I just promise you, you won't. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And a lot of things, especially like your, I'm interested for you, Mary, with your perspective from the nonprofit sphere, Mm -hmm. because so many times those guys rely on volunteers. Like, how have you Mm -hmm. felt, um, like, do you realize, recognize that a lot of clients are already doing this? Or is this something that you find that you're bringing to the table as like, hey, you should be doing this because they do a lot of annual repeat events? I think a lot of them do it in a way, but it's like, it's really just like a a document that they'll take notes on. Like it's a, it's meeting minutes. That is like literally all that it is typically. Yeah. Which is still good. Like it's better than nothing for sure. Um but like a accumulation of, of everything, including data, very rarely do I see them pull reports or anything like that. And so like really actually getting into it is not something that I see happen very often, which is huge, like you're saying, because like part of that data and all that feedback you're going to get influences the fact on if your event's worth it. And I've talked about the purpose of fundraising events already, so I won't go into it. But like for any event, it's crucial, especially for fundraising events. Like did you actually like make your goal and what did that look like? So more than just meeting minutes, I would say for nonprofits is important. And not only that, but figuring out ways to cultivate those relationships that you've built at that event moving forward. And this rings true, I think for, for any event, but especially for fundraisers, like if somebody was a new donor at your event and they gave, well, I hope in that post event process, you're going to make a plan with what you're going to do with them. Like, how are you going to follow up and how are you going to continue to follow up? I think that's a key like long-term post-event um, item is that people forget to like continue to follow up with, with all these people who have already engaged through their event. And that to me is a missed opportunity. So, yeah. And again, I think a lot of it, this isn't, you know, we're not shaming anyone. I just feel like from varying clients I've had across the industry is we, I feel like we forget some of these, oh, these yeah. things. So creating yeah. kind of that checklist, like Mary said about, you know, thanking all of your partners making sure you're documenting what documenting what happened, what would you change? I think you touched on an important point for any client, but like budget reconciliation and making sure like maybe you have a finance person, so you're not actually in tune too much, but making sure you check in with them to be like, yeah, where did we end up on the numbers? Yeah. Because I think nonprofits, you know, that's one of the goals of the event. But even I'm thinking a corporate event, um, it's really helpful just to look to be like, was I right? You know, a lot of it, you're kind of predicting things in the pre-planning process. So it's always helpful to be like, Hey, did that actually work? Did we break even or yeah. did we stay under budget or whatever it was? And why? Like take notes, like so-and-so gave us a discount. So that was cheaper. So like when you make your budget next year, like, so maybe it's actually going to be more expensive because that person gave us a discount. All yeah. That stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just 
it's so important to do that post-event wrap. And something, a tip I've been using that's really helpful for my team, um, especially for events where I'm working with more people, not just myself, is I try to schedule out our meetings for the project, put a calendar hold for the event day, and then, like schedule the post-event wrap now. So I've already scheduled, I have an event in um, end of September and I've already scheduled my post-event meeting so that everyone on my team knows, hey, this is something we're doing. And it's like the events on Saturday and I'm doing this wrap with them the Wednesday after, because that would be another thing is make sure you do it as close to the event as you can. I'm not saying you have to sit down right after the event that happens that night. Um, but it's something that is really important just to do it while it's fresh versus a month later or several weeks later. Cause um, we usually are coming off that like shiny new feeling of like, oh my gosh, we just did something really important. And especially if you have an event that took a lot of time to plan and you want to bask in that, but it's also helpful to remember some of the things along the way. Um, and I, even for some bigger projects, I've started my post event report before the events even happened because I want to remember some yeah, of the challenges and things yeah. that have come up during the planning process. Cause again, it's more work. I know you have to take the time to do it, but again, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of the what you wish you would have known before you started is kind of the context I look at it. So that, again, if I get asked back for that event or even a similar event, I can go back and say, oh, yeah, there were these things that, again, I would do differently and continue to grow. Uh, I want to hit you with some questions. Okay. About post-event wrap. You can, and listeners, as you, as you hear these, think about them for yourselves too. But um, do you give clients the assets from the event, like the recordings, the graphics, anything that you, you kind of own, but do you give them ownership over it? You pass it on. I try to. It's yeah. aspirational. Again, that's something else that I think people forget. Yeah. <laughs> I've forgotten it. Um, it is one that if you are anyone involved in the event planning process, you should try to get a copies of almost everything mm -hmm. back um, because that's another challenge I've seen with events I get brought in for. And they're like, oh, yeah, we did have those graphics, but our editor's not with us anymore and they never gave it to us or we've lost the link to that Google folder. Yeah. Um, so trying to upload it all into one spot. I love Google Drive. I've also used Dropbox or Box to kind of hold all mm -hmm. these documents when I send them to someone. Um, but I try to do that and then but it's not always it's not always easy to remember. How about you? Yeah. I try to give it to them in a Google Drive and I just and I've noticed sometimes they don't ever try to access it. But it's like here it is at least. Here's all your stuff. Especially because I of course want to work with them again the next year, but if they choose to go a different direction, I want them to have everything. Like that's the bigger goal there. So, um speaking of, you know, working with them again as a business owner as part of as part of the post event everything. Do you try to secure your clients at the end of the event for the next year? Yes. Um, often I will, especially if I really loved working with them. And I think I've gotten better at finding my, my ideal clients in recent years than when I first started. And so um, I often will ask them if they've already, that is a part of my post-event kind of questions I go through mm -hmm. with them. Um, and that's one that is one is say, have you already thought about this event for next year? Do you already have a date? Um, and then I often say I put a soft hold, which means if they verbally tell me their date, I will put a I will put a hold on my calendar. But because we haven't put a deposit or anything down, it's a soft hold, meaning if I get offered my processes, if I get offered another project that would overlap, I would go back to the original client and say, hey, let's come to an agreement to turn that into a hard hold or something like that. But yeah, I like that because it helps me plan out my year um, for folks. But I often have a lot of people who just don't know exactly when yeah. things are happening next. So it's not always like that. But for the ones that do do it annually, um, I try to do that. How about you? 
Yeah, I I forget to sometimes. Like I'm so wrapped up in the post event wrap that I'm like, oh, this is the last time we're gonna talk to each other, and I feel weird asking you if you want me back next year. So I don't know. It's just I need to get over myself and probably make more of a process. I like the questions that you just mentioned, so I'll try to implement it and see what happens. Because um, I think it's a great idea. It just makes sense to do that in the moment. But I do ask them sometimes to leave me a review. Do you do that? I try to. That's yeah. in my – I have like an email template that I started using. Um, again, trying to frame it as the like, you take five minutes and I have a Facebook and Google review link. And I send them the link directly to see if they'll take time. But yes, yeah. I'm with you that again, that like I've gotten consistent with my form. So I will always do the feedback form mm-hmm. and whether I keep it internally or I've promised the client I would share it. And then some of that other stuff, which I know is very important because it's all like business building (laughs) techniques for your event wrap. Um, I want to make sure I do those too. But it's just, again, sometimes easier said than done when we get busy. Well, we've talked a lot about post-event wrap today. I think we could talk about it for a while, but hopefully this was kind of helpful for you. If nothing else, getting you thinking of why it's so important and to not forget to do it at your next event. So before we do wrap this episode, anything you want to add, Logan? No, I feel like this was a good 101. Um, yeah. We probably could do a more in-depth 102 of talking through yeah. it all. Um, but yeah, send us your questions if you, there's anything we didn't talk about or if you have an amazing post-event process. Yes. I A lot of what I have used and I know Mary has used has been what we've kind of adapted and cherry-picked from other people's processes. So again, this is a community and we always want to be doing doing better. But yeah, I think that brings us to the end. And Mary, you have our bonus tip this week. I do. So in this podcast for a few times, we've talked about reaching out um, about hosted by your experiences. And so to kind of go on top and add a little bit more to that, reach out to your local convention bureaus, either your local or the cities that you want to hold events in or learn more about. And a lot of times that they they hold fam trips, um, which are familiarization trips. And you might be able to get hosted and be able to go learn more about their city, the venues, and the things that they offer there in their city. So my bonus to today is to reach out to CVBs and learn more about what they have to offer in that city. Amazing. Another good business building kind of tip for you. But that brings us to the end of our episode. You can follow us on Instagram at Better Events Pod, as well as Twitter and Facebook. You can send us an email at bettereventspod at gmail.com. And as always, we appreciate you for listening. Please share this episode with a friend or send us an email. We love to hear from you. And we'll be back in your feeds again next Wednesday. Bye, folks.